Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here are your hosts, Garrett Cars and Annika Carter. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're continuing our Straight Out of Context series with Romans 8.28. Let's take a look today at the context and application of this scripture. Have you ever heard this verse? And we know that in all things, God worked for the good of those who love him, right? I think we probably all have, right? And we probably bought a sign at Hobby Lobby Mm -hmm. on the week that was 50% off. Am I right? (laughs) Because you probably went the week before and it's like, that's not 50% off. So I'll just wait until next week. I've I've been to Hobby Lobby before. That's right. You know know the systems. I do know the system and I'm also just cheap. So, (laughs) but this passage, this verse is, that's not even the whole verse. Mm -mm. That's just the first half of it. So you have to put like the little A, you know, by it. Right. Romans 8, 28 is the verse we're talking about today. Um, This is the second episode of our straight out of context uh, series. And so we're talking about this passage in Romans 8, 28. And the whole verse actually says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we often connect this uh, verse with everything happens for a reason, or there's a purpose for all of those things. And I've used this verse a ton of times because I it is a good verse. Okay, mm-hmm. let's be honest. This is a great verse, a but great verse. this, for some reason, we oftentimes take this out of context. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to um, talk about it today. And honestly, for me, I've actually never had anybody tell me this verse. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've never really had somebody like quote this verse to me, which seems very weird, mm-hmm. right? Like super weird. But I've actually I've actually sent this verse out a lot. And mm-hmm. personally, I think that as I've walked alongside of a lot of people, I've seen this verse provide a lot of comfort to people who are in difficult moments, mm-hmm. who to people who um, are struggling um, in whatever area. It doesn't necessarily just have to be sin or or something difficult that's happened. But so for me, I love the purpose of this verse. I love the beauty of this verse. Um, but there are a lot of things that can go wrong, and a lot of th- a lot of times that that we have taken it out of context. Yeah. For me, I feel like um, the times that I've heard it out of context, it's to emphasize that things, that everything is good and that everything is necessary. Hmm. That is kind of the the implication that can sure. go too far, right? right? Of like, no, it, it had to happen. And that's kind of like, um, you start to, you start to kind of simplify, I think, the the human experience <laughs> and just the reality of living in a sin world, right? And that there's an enemy and that, you know, there's all these things that create the world that we experience. It's not just that like it's always God just saying that had this has to happen and making it happen. That's just not really like the complexity of the world that we live in, right? And so um it's often kind of like someone is opening up about like their trial or um, you know, whatever they're kind of struggling with. And then like the blanket answer is just like, well, God meant it for good. And it's like, well, he did this for your good. Right. Um, so 
it's it's kind of can negate right your emotional reaction and like imply you know like it's fine you just need to be joyful because it's good and and god did it for your good um it kind of neutralizes right the reality that like some things in life are just painful <laughs> like they're just it's suffering and you know there's adversity there's the enemy right there's the consequences of sin right like it's much more complicated than just like god did it for your good boom you you're fine. <laughs> and so um that's kind of like how I've seen it seen it um taken too far and um you know it can kind of re- reflect that like my consequence or my circumstances are always a reflection of God and his actions. Um not ever going to be a re- reflection of sin or um you know someone else's sin or the reflection of a fallen world. Um all those things so that's kind of um you know, depicted this like causation instead of opening up a complex conversation. And that can be easy to kind of write it off, honestly, and and be like, nope, it's just it's just caused right by everything is just caused because God caused it. Um, when we actually live in a very complex um, reality and, and that's OK, um, that doesn't mean we have to simplify everything just because it it we can grin and bear it, right? Um, being willing to open up a complex conversation with someone who's struggling um, instead of just kind of being like, Meh, it's fine, you know, it's for good. Congratulations. <laughs> so um, these things aren't always necessarily like explicitly um, verbalized, but I think that this can be the implication of a verse that isn't properly like portrayed and conversed with someone who's really going through a trial. Um, and so those subtleties are kind of what we hope to kind of walk through today. Um, and so that way we don't hopefully fail to kind of explain the fullness of the power of scripture. Um, so let's kind of back it up, right? So if you haven't listened to part one, go take a listen to that because we're going to kind of walk through a couple of the questions that we listed in that episode. Not all of them, um, but we're going to walk through a couple and encourage you to write, do the rest and, and kind of complete your own study of this passage because I think that's really important um, for you to kind of take this as a starting point and then go find out for yourself um, what you really feel the word is saying. So um, number one, right? Let's look at before and after this verse so that we know what's kind of happening in scripture. So Paul is the author and he's discussing um, what in my Bible it headlines as um, present suffering and future joy. That's what it says like right above. Um, so our hope and our confidence is in our salvation in and of itself, right? The the promise of, of salvation and eternity um, with God. So, and our restoration, right? Um, so the whole chapter, Paul is kind of describing this tension um, about like this aching sense that we have as Christians um, and that the whole earth itself has, right? He talks about the earth itself, right? Um, Longing for Christ's return and yet still experiencing now and the result of, of the fallen world and of sin. So we are full of the spirit and co heirs of Christ. And in this, we also share in suffering and that we may also share in his glory, right? Um, For eternity. So, we know from reading before and after this verse that Paul is talking about the trials and the suffering endured on earth as we await future promises, which is why Garrett said that he loves this verse because it can be very um, empowering yeah. and comforting. And um, it's really a complex verse. Um, and so it 
it really is helpful when you're feeling and experiencing complex realities and emotions um, and honestly trials, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, when we think about this, it, it, it turns our vision from, from suffering to glory. Right. It's like, it, it kind of is, a, it's a perspective change. And if you imagine Paul writing this letter had been, you know, like people were trying to kill him. Oh yeah. He's tortured. Suffering galore. I mean, just like literally all the time turns around, he's following Jesus. And I think so many times when we think about following Jesus, we don't often consider suffering being one of the things, even though Jesus said we'll, we'll face persecution. And so I think for me, I love this passage is because it doesn't necessarily we mean we forget what we're going through, right? But the perspective change of saying he, he says that um, our present, our current, our present sufferings is not worthy of the weight of the glory of eternity, right? And for me, it's just like that's like a bomb. Yes, <laughs> it's like that, and I just imagine him writing this letter and and thinking to himself like, man, this is good. <laughs> like this is. I'm suffering, and and you can hear Paul's urgency. Yeah. He wants to go to Rome. He's trying to go to Rome. He's explaining the gospel, and he also is giving us perspective of suffering that no other worldview actually gives us. Mm-hmm. Because Christian, I think Christianity explains suffering in a way that's unique and different comparatively to everything else. Because the Christian perspective is saying that their suffering is a result of our rebellion from God, and and there will be a day. And that's this is what he's alluding to is like there right. will be a day where there is no more suffering. Right. There is no tears. There's no pain. There's none of those things. And that's what I think Paul's trying to to get at today. Mm-hmm. And so that's I think that's what I love about this passage. We wanted to continue on though to say what's the difference between the original audience and us. And so um, and and this is important for us to understand. And so who's the original audience? And Paul's actually writing this to the Roman church, which contained both Jewish and Gentile believers. So it's important for us to understand that because a lot of the the language that Paul uses in Romans is for both Roman and Jewish believers. So he talks about the law a lot, Mm -hmm. um, and that's for the Jewish believers to understand Mm -hmm. like, hey, Jesus is actually the fulfillment of the law for Mm -hmm. for a Jewish person to understand that Jesus is the Messiah, the one they've been waiting for, for thousands and thousands of years that he fulfilled every single law, Mm -hmm. every single prophecy. Like Paul's trying to get across to them like, hey, get the, understand like this is the Messiah. This is the person that David wrote about. These are the people that the prophets prophesied about. Like this is what happen and and that's why I love Romans because for me it's like the the huge it's like the best um explanation of the gospel for a wide variety of people. Yeah, it is. And so we're different from the Jewish believers because we didn't grow up with a Jewish faith and maybe there's somebody who did, but for right. the most of us, we probably have more of a similarity to the Gentiles. And so I think mostly this impacts the way we see the significance in what Paul states about the law, but we can also um, struggle to see the full impact of Paul's words because we haven't lived under the law. And so can you imagine, as a Jewish believer, hearing these words that somebody lived perfectly to the law as you struggled um, mm-hmm. to live with the law and broke the law and took goats and animals <laughs> and sacrificed them at the temple to atone for your law. And you're hearing that there's that Jesus was the once and for all, like he's mm-hmm. the final sacrifice. And so Paul's portraying that God works for the good of those who love him. And that's, I think, for us to understand 
That's what he's trying to get across. And so I think this is a really critical step for us to really understand like what is going on. Why is he saying what he's saying specifically? Because he's talking to a specific intended audience. And then how are we different and how does that change the way we view this passage? Mm -hmm, Definitely. So um, the next one that we kind of want to cover with you guys is how does the principle apply to today? So um, it's a promise, right, that God is with us. That's this verse, um, no matter how bad it gets. Um, Tragedy will not triumph and that uh, God wins, right? So therefore, in our pain, in our misery, in our suffering, um, his ultimate eternal, eternal purpose will absolutely come to fruition without a doubt, period the end, right? So it's this silver lining of our savior and rescuer is in Christ Jesus. And our lives are about something bigger and better, right? It's that eternal perspective that Garrett was alluding to earlier. So um, this is why I think that um, we can sell this short, um, sell this message short, right? Sell this scripture short. It's just not really shifting and encouraging a shift of perspective. We're saying get over it instead of move your eyes. Yeah. Right. And so that it's very subtle, really. Mm-hmm. But saying like it's fine, be happy is just very different than saying, look for the glory, right? right? Look for the future and see what God is doing because he is good and he is faithful. There is not a promise he didn't fulfill, right? So we know that God will um hold true to his word and that his eternal purpose and glory will be realized to its fullest. That's it, right? That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is really a testament of what God can do with the most adverse, wicked, and evil of circumstances. And if you read the Bible, it's chock full of all of these things. I mean, you look at... um, you look at Joseph, you look at Daniel, I mean, David, like all these terrible things that have happened to godly people, and, and God turns those things into into great testimonies. Right. And so I, we really believe that God is a great, great equalizer. He's in control. No matter what comes, um, God wins. And I think a lot of us, we have to understand that we might not see those things until the other side of eternity. Yeah. And one of the stories I, I pretty much always tell when it comes to this passage is is one of our friends who who goes to encounter her younger brother died at a really young age from from cancer. And I can remember having a conversation, like an in-depth conversation with her about what was going on, how everything happened, and just trying to understand like, hey, you know, what what was going on? And and how did God move in your life in the situation? Mm-hmm. And I can remember I, I asked this stupid question, which I'm very good at doing. <laughs> um, but I asked this question, I'm like, why do you think that God didn't heal your brother? Mm-hmm. You know, like why? And it wasn't like, I wasn't trying to implicate her of sin or anything like that. It's just right. like, just asking her, you know, why did you think that that happened? And she looked me in the eyes and, and she said like, God did heal my brother. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't get to see it. And I was just I literally didn't know what to say. Right. I think I stared out. It seemed like an eternity. Yeah. And I just. <laughs> probably and, was. And I probably was crying, mm-hmm. most likely. Very good chance. But for me, that was what, for me, that was a moment. That was a Romans eight twenty eight moment for me right. because it was, it changed my perspective. And I think that's exactly what Paul is saying. Right. It's like, in the end, there is a better story that happens. And we might not 
we might not get to see things in the way that we think, Mm -hmm. but God is in control. He understands what's going on. And what I love about this this passage is, is two things. One, right after this verse, it says that um, in verse 29, for God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that we might be the firstborn among brothers and sisters. And what I love about this passage is it gives us a perspective of suffering to understand two things. One, we're being conformed into the image of Jesus. Right. So suffering, pain, all of those things are helping us become more like Jesus. Right. If you read Paul's other words in Philippians, he actually prays for suffering and persecution to happen because he wants to know the suffering. He wants to participate in the suffering of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Paul is giving us a window into understanding is that I actually think there are um, I think there are things we cannot know about Jesus outside of suffering. Like, I think there are circumstances, there are characteristics, there are opportunities in our life that we have to walk through suffering in order to understand certain qualities and aspects of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think so many times we're walking around those, those sufferings. We're trying to avoid suffering. And what we're actually doing is avoiding more of the character of God Mm -hmm. in our life. And then at the end of this chapter, um, there's this very popular verse, but it says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So for me, God is working the things for good and might not be able to see it on this side of eternity, we're becoming more like Jesus, but also in the midst of our suffering, Jesus is with us. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that this passage is super deep. There's not just a surface level, Mm -hmm. hey, here's a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down, get over your situation. It's like, no, eternity is coming. There will be a day, and the present suffering we face will not. Com- yeah. compare in, in comparison to yeah. to the eternity that we will have right. in Jesus. Absolutely. I think like kind of going back to what I said about it being complex is like this this passage offers a lot of hope and then it also offers a lot of room for question. There's a there's a lot of room of like if you're really experiencing suffering, there's a lot of room to then ask God why. And there's a lot of room to to wrestle. And I think that that can, that maybe that's why it's used as a, as a Band-Aid and, and is because it's kind of hard. It's hard to have those conversations. Um, but I think that that's on purpose, right? Like God wants us to be able to take those questions to him. And although this verse offers like so much comfort it can also maybe immediately cause you to be like okay but why and that's okay right and so um be willing right if you if you're experiencing suffering or if you're looking at this at this verse and you're like okay but then like why does god allow suffering that just doesn't make sense like yeah you can say that but that does that mean he's really good if he allows us to experience suffering and you know all those things right that is heavy and 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 okay. <laughs> like it's okay. Um, and so let's talk. And I think that's um, one of the like biggest things that I want people to be able to take away from this is that like we aren't um, we aren't shying away from the fact that that's that's not 
um, doesn't mean that it isn't hard, right? It's still called suffering. Um, and so it is okay that it's still hard and it's okay that it may, might cause you to question. Um, the, the encouragement then is what do you do with that? What do you do with your questioning? Do you um, continue to wrestle internally and just run with it? Or do you want to bring it to someone? Do you want to bring it to God? Do you want to actually dive in and press in and, and dig and find out and um, come to him with those questionings? So um, that's just kind of like my little bit of encouragement. If you're if you hear this and you're like, okay, I'd rather it be a Band-Aid fix because um, it just makes me question too much, then um, come talk to one of us. Like yeah. email us, DM us, whatever you need to do. Come set up a coffee appointment. Let's talk about it because it's it's something that like like what Garrett talked about is that like we may not know and on this side of eternity yeah. and it can be hard to grapple with that. Yeah. And so let's talk about it yeah, because think, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us have, like we we have both went through suffering in different times in our lives and we've questioned God and we've questioned a lot of things. Um, and we, it's taken us, I would say, I don't know, I can't, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think it's taken a, me years to un, kind of understand and arrive at the place that I have. Right. And uh, I think a lot of people, um, they just assume that we've just thought this way and believed this way our whole lives. We haven't had suffering. We haven't, you know, had had to deal haven't with that questioned. stuff. Yeah, haven't questioned things. And the truth is, we have. And and fortunately, we have had people in our lives where we could we could go to, we could ask questions, we could wrestle with, we can talk to them about. Hey, mm-hmm. how did you wrestle with this? What did you think about this? And that's the offering that that Annika just said. Like, if you have any questions or you want to talk about what's going on, um, then then let's talk. And that's the hope. That's the hope of encounter, honestly, like the hope of all the things that we want is to be able to have these conversations. What does scripture say? What is, how do we live a godly life? How do we wrestle with things that are hard to understand, are hard to really apply to our lives? And so we just want you to know that you can reach out to us personally or contact through us, um, contact us through our Instagram at encounter underscore C3. And we're always open to talk and discuss this further with you. So I appreciate you joining us today and we hope that you'll join us next time. Thanks for joining us today. Feel free to reach out to us about any questions that you have from today's episode. And we hope to see you again next time. <laughs>